This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. It's Frigid Friday, and I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for February 1st, episode 2109, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, Horse World. It's Friday. When I get off of work on Friday. Everybody's favorite day of the week on Horses in the Morning. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this really cold morning. Did you see we actually had ice on the buckets here in Ocala the other day? Wow, the polar vortex is really hitting you hard. It is. Poor thing. Yep, Scooter had to take his nose and go clink. And the ice broke, and that's the end. Was... <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> I know. I'm surviving. I know. I don't... Yeah. Apparently, the auditors didn't take too kindly to me posting that picture either, judging by the comments and the death threats I got. So <laughs> I've now hired security here in Ocala. Um, th- you know, when I looked at the news, you and I both get to Google Alerts for all the news that's out there in the horse world. And this week, it's been nothing. And it's it's not funny. It's been nothing but rescue after rescue after rescue of horses stuck in water, horses trip, fell on the ice, horses fell through the ice. I mean, just all kinds of thing. You don't. And we see a lot of those in the 10 years we've been doing this show. The one I've never seen before is the headline that I saw, and I saw it everywhere. It was everywhere, is that a horse gets rescued after getting stuck in a tree. That's not something you see very often, is horse getting stuck in a tree. So that one I had to open and see what happened. Apparently, this happened in Indiana, a horse that became stuck. Do you know how trees come up and they have one trunk and then like two, three feet off the ground, they break into two trunks and head out? They like turn into a Y. Yes, turn into a U, you know, that kind of thing. So, well, the horse decided for some dumb reason to climb up over and between the two and got stuck in the middle. So apparently he became stuck between two tree trunks and sub-zero cold and was rescued by a chainsaw-wielding town marshal. The town marshal, Dan Ball, arrived at the scene Wednesday morning to find the horse wedged between the trunks of a multi-trunk tree. He tells the Times that he feared the horse might die because it collapsed at one point and was growing weak amid the temperatures hovering around minus 20. But when a neighbor brought a chainsaw to the scene, he braved the frigid readings for 45 minutes to cut away the branches until the horse was able to pull itself free. The horse then managed to walk back to the barn and get breakfast. That's the end of the story. Um, so, I have a couple a couple yes. questions. Yes. So obviously, probably the horse like was, oh, another horse pinned its ears and he like reared up and went to spin and turn away and got stuck in this Y of a tree. And so your horse is stuck. What do I do? I'm no, I know who to call. Call the town marshal. Who knows a lot about horses, I'm sure. <laughs> what is a town marshal? It's is like the police. Is that something I have here in Oklahoma, a town marshal? You might. Like, Actually, I think that's a Western thing. They call them marshals. It's like a sheriff. This is in Indiana. It's like okay, a sheriff. Well, 
Yeah, so you got to you probably have a town marshal too. Although I thought I that know. went away with that. uh I thought that went away with Wild West movies. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that kind of marshal. Yeah, the that kind of marshal. Marshal. Yeah, with the badge. Joe that guy. <laughs> cool. All right, well you learn something new every day. New recipe. What I want to know is how did they they had to cut away the branch he was stuck between. They got a chainsaw really close to that horse to do that, right? Easy boy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Was... I'm going to turn into like Amy from Heartland. <laughs> We're doing this for your own good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a little nervous if I had the chainsaw. Uh, Jemmy, what is coming up on today's show? Well, on today's show, our friend Chrissy Joy comes on to address a topic that lit up the auditor room, choosing the right dog for your barn. Jamie invites her friend Joanna Lowe to talk about her wild Mustang, Diego, and her GoFundMe effort to get him home to the UK. She also educates us with her trainer tip of the week, and Glenn is bringing us his latest in really bad ads, so you don't want to miss any of it. And we're giving away the prizes today, too, from last month, so we'll be doing that as well. Hey, did I cut you off? You always do a this is a day in history or a day, this is a, you know, it's National Chocolate Marshmallow Day. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's the special thing only for Wednesdays. That is reserved for Wednesdays uh, on okay. show. Okay, got it. I didn't know if I interrupted <laughs> that, so I, I didn't want to. No, I would have yelled at you accordingly. Okay. Happy Everybody birthday, else does. Happy We have a bunch of auditor birthdays this weekend. Patty Argenzio, Doreen Rose, and Alexis Wells. Happy birthday to all of you. And a special congratulations to Reese and Philip of the Dressage Radio Show. Uh, Jemmy recorded their 500th episode last night. They've been doing that show. They've been on the show for seven years. So I think we can honestly say that is the longest running show about dressage of any kind ever. Uh, uh, <laughs> I yeah, we, yeah. I think, I think we can honestly say that. No research required. No. <laughs> no, no. So, congratulations to them. You know, Reese came on to do it for three months. I conv- talked her into doing it for three months, and she's forgotten to quit. Um, and then Philip came on just to fill in. He was just a filling co-host till we found a more permanent one, and he forgot to quit. So they're both still there. So I'm glad they forgot to quit, and the show is very popular. It's it's uh, next to this show. It's the second most popular show we have on the network, the Dressage Show, people. So you know what kind of hosts make it the most second. If Dressage is the second most popular, it's the hosts, wouldn't you say? They're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't believe it's the content, but maybe it is. But we love them. Thank you for sticking with it all these years, guys. Okay, so I've got a, I've had quite the morning, and so stick with me here. My daily Winnie goes out to my son, Lucas, for what the reason I'm going to tell you in a second, and me for making it to here right now. Uh, so today, and Jimmy, maybe you can shed light on this. Does your son's school celebrate the 100th day of school? What? <laughs> you know what? They actually celebrated the 101st, and I felt really bad because it was Thursday. 
And I didn't know about it because he's been out sick for several days. So they had like 101 Dalmatians being party. He was supposed to dress up in black and white. So he's the only kid not dressed up. But apparently they celebrate their 101st. I've never yeah. heard of that before. So, so to, to, I, today, to me. <laughs> yeah, today is the 100th, 100th day of school for Lucas. And every grade does something different. Well, the kindergartners are supposed to dress up like they're 100 years old. So what does my son wear to school? <laughs> Well, how do you dress up somebody to be a hundred years old when they're five? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> so let me tell you what my son wore today. A Captain America mask, a Captain America shirt, and carried a Captain America shield because Captain oh, America's a hundred. That is the most brilliant thing. You know what? You deserve an award. I don't know what it'll look like, but I'm going to make you one. That's brilliant. Thank you. And, and so Lucas... As we go to school, kids are getting out of the car with like gray wigs on. I was not going to buy stuff. He already had all this stuff. So I said, Lucas, when people ask you, how come you're dressed as a superhero and not dressed as you're a hundred years old? And he goes, mom, Captain America is a hundred. <laughs> remember, Captain America it. was supposed to be World War II and he froze and then they woke him up like seven years later. And now he's like 30 years old forever because he's Captain America. So boom. Nailed it as a mom. <laughs> you then, did. I'm taking him to school and I realize I'm out of gas. I tried to get gas last night, but I forgot my wallet in the car. So then I've got like eight miles left on my car to get gas and to, to go take him to school, come home from school, go to my house, feed the horses and then drive over here. Not going to work. So I had to go get some gas. I go to the gas station and I'm like, where do I put the credit card? There's I'm in Oklahoma. There's no. This is like the a pump, pump from is like, that old that there's no credit. There's no credit card. And so <laughs> I I I don't know what to do. And so I walk in and I'm like, hi, I guess I need to prepay for my gas. He's like, no, you just go ahead and pump it and come on in and pay. What? <laughs> That's the last one left in America right the there. Last one <laughs> in America that you can go and get your gas and then walk in and pay for it. So I go and I'm getting my gas and I'm like, please remember to pay. Please don't drive off. Please don't drive off because I'm so trained to drive off, you know? Oh my God. Then I get home. I've got like, I put like $5 of gas in. I zip back home because I've got to get here to have a meeting with you. Uh, and so I zip back home and I'm like, okay, I have to go feed the horses. I didn't sleep at all last night because we're getting the fencing redone on the property. And there's a portion of the front fence that's gone. So I have horses locked up in this shed, my little makeshift barn. Of course, I didn't sleep at all. I went out in the middle of the night, like a couple of times I've got electric fence in two separate places, but still I couldn't sleep because I might get out. So then I have to go and make sure the horses are in. And so I had to lock them in this barn. And so I'm like, I, the fence guy's not even here yet. So I have to go feed them in this little makeshift barn and I'm in a hurry and I'm bringing the hay out. I'm going to throw the hay in the barn and every one of those a-holes, I went, damn it, Zeus. They've all knocked over their water tubs. <sighs> okay. So I got to get him some water, but I'm still going to be late for work. So I got to go run up and get the hose. The hose is attached to my house. So I have to walk like a hundred yards to go get the hose, turn it on up in the house, bring the hose back down, fill up all the water. <laughs> I come into my parent, mother-in-law and father-in-law's house and they were like, just stop. And my father-in-law walks up and starts brushing like my shoulders. Like I have dandruff. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's hay. Sorry. 
like covered in hay. I sprayed my sock running out with the water hose. Captain America has made it to school, and by God, I'm at work. So there you go. Hey, Jimmy, I just looked up the word neurosis. Do you want to hear the definition of the word neurosis? It's a relatively mild mental illness that is not caused by organic disease, involving symptoms of stress, depression, anxiety, obsessive behavior, but not a radical loss of touch with reality. I think that pretty well describes it, actually. As I was listening to you talk, Jamie, and you were making my head spin, it made me think of those old nursery rhymes that are like, and the the house on the hose, and the hose in the water, and the water in the barn, and the barn, and the bucket, and the bucket, and the horse, and the horse, and the da-da-da-da, I'm like, oh, and the hay on the shoulder, and the da da I'm like, oh my God. You're welcome. You're welcome for that little moment from your childhood. So I'm sitting here. I've got hay in my hair. I've got a sopping wet right sock. I've got mud up and down my pants. Oh, it's also, by the way, I didn't add. It's also raining. And by the way, can I just tell you that I've owned my car for six years, six years, but I've lived in Arizona. Do you know that I turn the blinker on all the time by accident because I don't know where the wipers are in my car? <laughs> That's right. It never rains. On one side, and the blinker <laughs> is on the other side, and I'm like driving down the road this morning to go get gas, and things on the right, and I'm like, but it's just kind of spitting rain. So where you turn the wipers off and on, and then I go to hit the wiper on, and I turn my left blinker on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me repeat the definition of neurosis. <laughs> You're welcome. Go to the guest. She's waiting. (laughs) Okay. Our first guest is a good, good, good friend of ours. Her name is Chrissy Joy, and you might know her dog, actually. Her dog's name is Beasley. He's been in a ton of commercials. He is also national stunt dog champion. She is second national trainer of the year. She also does a whole bunch of film, TV, commercials with animals. And Chrissy, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. So wonderful to be here. And as you can hear, Beasley in the background is making himself very known. Yay! We love that. We Uh, love hearing the animals. So are you guys on set? Are you at home? What's going on? We were just on set yesterday. We're home now. Um, You know, and uh, with the bitter, bitter temperatures in Pennsylvania, it was it was a run into the building and a run out and get back in the car and drive back home and not a whole lot of playing outside yesterday, about seven degrees in Pennsylvania. So we, we definitely just worked on set for QVC and then got home as fast as we could to stay warm. Oh, so you were doing QVC yesterday. Are you allowed to, can you kind of just tell us generally what it's like to do QVC? Oh man, sure. It, such a whirlwind. So the first time I did it was with Martha Stewart. And that was a little different because she really gets her own segment where it's a much longer show. This time it was for like, um, like vet products. So if you walk in there, it is crazy. It's like five studios are all set up and everybody's got their product and everybody's standing behind their own little display and they're waiting. And then this man comes in and it's called at home with Dan. And Dan is like, imagine a hur- like a tornado coming through a residential area. It's like he comes through and he hits every single one of those products. And in five minutes, steps with the person, talks about the products. Five minutes later, countdown ends. And then he literally, without missing a beat, walks to the next studio, still talking. The cameras just follow him to the next studio. And he does a completely different product for five minutes. And he does that. 
back to back to back to back. And I think he does it for almost the whole segment, which is like a couple hours. So it's, it is a, it is like a fine tuned moving machine in there. It's crazy. We took a tour of that studios once, uh, Jamie, and it is so technologically advanced. They see from those studios, there's an overhead walkway. Chrissy, you probably did it yesterday. There's an overhead walkway that walks above all the studios. So you can actually look down and see them filming. And one of the things is they have those tote boards. You know the tote boards you see on TV when you watch QVC, how many they've sold? Well, they are all over in the building, too. So they're watching as... I mean, real live time, those numbers changing. So when they're sitting on the set, they see exactly how many they're selling. They do. And, and it's really because as you're as they're filming, you know, I can see it, too, from me being on set with Beasley in front of the camera. I can see not only can I see the countdown, but I can see the numbers as well. I think that really gives Dan, who's the host, an idea of like maybe he needs to push something more or. Maybe the numbers jump when he talks about a certain something. I think it probably helps him because I don't, he's not scripted at all. So he just jumps on and does a whole bunch. It's amazing. I don't know how he does it. It's really kind of fascinating to watch. And I'm sure some people kind of go, oh, it's QVC. Like what a, what a, you know, that's such a silly, you know, home shopping network kind of deal. But I think there's a lot of like finesse to selling product so fast, just like he does. Hmm. And what Beasley have to do? Did he have to like jump up and down on tables? What did he do? Or just sit and look cute? No, it's, you know, we, so we went and we were with a, a, a new leash product. So we just had to show um, kind of this leash that allows you to have your dog really far away from you, but also you could do a hands-free version. And there's also a shorter version in case you're like, you need him to have more, need to have more control. But of course he's like wicked well-trained. So like, I was like, I could, I had a hard time like throwing an example of him being really bad. I was like, all right, I don't know what to do. So I, ha- <laughs> I planted a treat on the host and I, I was like, and we practiced a little bit. So if you ever watched the video, we practiced a little bit of like, be like running up to the host, kind of like running away from me, but really he's just running to get a treat, but it actually worked on set. But otherwise, like, I was like, I don't know how to make him be bad. So, <laughs> Um, so it worked out. It worked out. It was great. It was literally five minutes. I had to get up at 3am cause call time was 5am. And then we were, we filmed around 6am. I was out of there by like 730. So, um, <laughs> It was a whirlwind, yeah. What you do to get on set, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did have, uh, the reason we have you on today is there was a talk in our auditor room. Somebody was getting a new dog, and they wanted to know, how do you pick the right dog for a barn or a farm? Um, And, you know, that is true. Mm -hmm. We've had some good dogs around, I don't know about Jamie, but we've had some good dogs around the farm, you know, that would hang around, and they wouldn't run away, and you could go out trail riding with them, and they'd stick with you. And then we've had ones that they just were not good, and we had to keep them we either had to keep them penned up or in the house or whatever you just couldn't they were not farm dogs so you've had experience you've been around horses and of course you're you're one of the top dog trainers in the country so what do you look for what do you pick how do you start so if i were to start i think so i kind of breed specific but you're going to see certain traits that come out of certain breeds naturally some dogs were bred for a job And if you don't give them a job or if you don't give them boundaries, they're going to develop their own job. For example, border collies, absolutely fantastic. They do sheep herding. You know, they live on farms. That's pretty much like if you go and find some of the top breeders. But with that being said, their job is to herd. And you'll see herding in a border collie in their most 
natural environment in a house. They'll even try to, they'll try to herd anything, people, they'll try to herd ducks, they'll herd anything they possibly can that moves. So it's about understanding what kind of dog you have, first of all, and knowing, okay, if my dog is a border collie, high drive, high um, prey drive, where if something moves, they're going to want to chase it, then your training on that dog is just going to have to be that much more stringent about its boundaries. You can do this, this is acceptable, this is not acceptable, and teaching them that that having that job of listening to you is more important than having that natural instinct of chasing the horses, biting their heels, biting their tails, and we've all seen it. Um, because that can run into serious risk of injury for both animals. Um, and I'm sure clients don't appreciate if that dog is chasing their horse around the field. Um, with that being said, though, you can completely go flip side and say, I have a lab or I have a, gosh, I've even seen like a boxer or I have a pug, you know, whatever it is. And say, I want that dog to just be able to be a farm dog. Um, understanding the type of dog you have is extremely important. Uh, and the personality you have on the dog is your dog, a fight or flight type of dog. If there is movement, is your dog more willing to chase or is your dog going to be more terrified? right? So understanding what kind of animal you're beginning with is a big deal as well. Um, and I can't stress enough this socialization and exposure is really what's going to teach your dog how to work around a farm. So socialization. And what I mean by this is having your dog be comfortable with other people, possibly other dogs and the variety of animals that come through. So we're talking about barn cats. We're talking about horses, and having your dog being comfortable with that, not aggressive, um, fear biting, you know, things that, you know, are going to trigger the dog that they're going to have, to, you know, if the cat pops out, is he going to hunt the cat down, you know, and getting your dog to have these short moments of socialization in the beginning is really important. This might mean that you keep your dog on leash and you do a lot of maybe leave it and come back to me and you give them a high value reward for listening to you. So that means that you've become way more valuable than the cat, the horse, the dog, the child, whatever it might be. And so that's what we want is we want to teach the dog that there's more value. If the $50 bill is the horse, right? You are always the hundred dollar bill. So that dog is going to learn that you are more valuable when you say, leave it come or, you know, whatever it may be, that dog is going to listen to you because you have a much higher value than the distractions around them. And I want to have dogs at the barn because there's going to be multiple times where you're on a trail, the dog is going to smell a deer and run off. Um, and you want to be able to have that recall, that dependable recall. So I worked with several people at their barns before where they're like, listen, I just, every time I turn the horses out, my dog charges, can't stop them. So we do lots of work on developing that recall in any breed of dog showing that there, there's more value sticking with mom than chasing those horses. And so um, we, so really any type of breed can work for this, but the personality is, is pretty key to seeing if this is going to be a safe match or if there's just in that dog or too much that it's not going to be a safe experience for anybody, or we might have to take further training measures to make our point that much clearer to that dog that it is not going to be pleasurable to chase that horse. You know, but it is going to be very wonderful to stick with the owner. You know, it's interesting, Jamie. That's, I mean, you think about your training tips. There's so many correlations here between training the dog and training the horse. 
Um, yeah, it's like right. same yeah. with training a kid. Yeah. I mean, there it's it's all boundaries yeah. and and reward and and making like with the horses, you want to make the bad decisions bad and the good decisions good. Make the good decisions the easy thing to do. So yeah. and the reward and, and with dogs. Now I do think there like there's ex- like there's some exceptions in horses. Chrissy Joy, we just had some dogs. I don't think we're ever going to be trained for that because their flight. It's what you said. Their flight response, their chase response was so great. There's a neighbor dog here that you're never going to stop that dog from chasing anything that moves because the dog just wants to do it. I mean, in the worst way. Um, can you train all dogs or are there some exceptions is what I'm asking? Um, oh, you mean exceptions to the rule as far as they yes. can't be trained? Yes. Yeah, definitely. There are certain dogs that as long as the stimulus is there, they could care less about who you are. Um, And with that being said, unless that stimulus is removed, you really almost can't get that dog to come off and come back to you. That's the same as like two dogs running the fence and barking at each other. You can do everything in your power. You could have the filet mignon and that dog could still not care less because there's also an element of I'm trying to protect my human. I'm trying to protect my land whatever it may be. And so it doesn't matter what you do that unless that stimulus, such as the horse running across the field is away, that dog just cannot help themselves. And now this is where aggressive um, way. And they'll try like something like, you know, developing different training methods to get them to leave it. Um, The e-collar is one of them. And I, I hate to use the word aggressive because it depends on, I mean, every tool that you use and everyone in the horse world knows this, it it can, like even the snaffle bit, gentle, French link, super, super gentle bit, but anybody can make that an extremely harsh bit if used improperly. So it, it comes down to that. Like even your regular halter, well, what could you do that hurts a horse? Trust me, you could make that a severe training uh, tool if you use it improperly. So um, it's the same idea with the e-collar. If used properly and you just use the vibration on it, that can be enough for the dog, you know, but if you are going to be misusing it, then you could do it aggressively. But it also can be very effective in those severe situations where nothing else works. Um, but no, I think you're right. I think there's some times you have to make that smart decision and say, the, my quality of life, having this dog on the farm is hindered because I can't trust this dog. Now my horses are possibly at risk or maybe the cats are at risk or the geese or whatever it may be that is, or the ducks that are on your property. Um, then you do have to make that call for everybody's sake and the dog's sake too, because even though they're chasing, there's an element of stress that builds in that dog as well, where they literally can't rest because that prey drive is just always, always, always there. So um, I believe there are, there are definitely some moments where you have to make that call and say, this is not a good fit. Well, um, and with that being said, um, you know, having a good dog trainer to step in sometimes can help you find a new route of training and say, wow, I never thought of it that way. Let's try this. And sometimes that dog trainer can also help you by saying, we've done all we can. I think that, you know, for the best of everybody, this is the direction you should probably go. And it's not what you want, but this is going to be the best for everybody. Well, Chrissy Joy, that's, that's very interesting. And the correlation is very interesting as well. When are you going to be doing your own podcast about dog training, by the way? Oh, I know. Hey, it's it's in the works. You know, I'm really I'm really coming around to it. But you know where I get stuck is I get stuck with 
the name or the topics. I mean, it's all so broad and, and I don't know. I think maybe someday. Well, we can help easy. you with all that, Chrissy Joe. It's easy. Well, we, that's the easy part. I love that. We can I help you with that. that. Where can people find uh, follow you and Beasley? Oh, definitely. Well, feel free. Our training facility is called BFF Pet Services. And um, we do lots of giveaways and we have great information about dog training, uh, even if you're local or non-local. But feel free to follow me, Chrissy Joy, on Facebook. I've got a page as well as Good Beasley. He's got a page too. And we're super excited to announce we're adding to the family this year. And no, it's not a baby. It's going to be another dog. So we're really excited to um, take that route. And, and also, if you're living on the East Coast at all, please check the Chrissy Joy page out because we're going to be at some of the biggest expos this year. And would love to see you there with your dog. We're doing trick workshops, showbiz workshops, and live performances. You're going to be at the Pet Expo coming up here shortly in New Jersey, right? The big one? That's right. Yep, we'll be at the Super Pet Expo. We're doing trick workshops and showbiz workshops as well as hosting a live talent show. And on top of that, we have some great sponsors that we're going to be doing some really fun giveaways. So you're you're really likely to walk away with some sort of cool product. We have lots of stuff to give away at this next event. Sounds good. Thanks, Chrissy. We'll see ya. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. See ya. There's a girl who wanted to be a horse trainer and ended up being one of the top dog trainers in the country. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. And it's it's funny too because I um I get stuck with dogs because it's a different the one thing that is different is that dogs are predators and horses are prey. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of times you have to completely go the opposite direction. And I am, I, I, th- I feel lucky cause I've got some really good dogs, but I, I don't know. They just like to follow me around cause I look like food. I think that's, well, why they but that's what away. she said, right? Make you the one that they would prefer to be with for whatever reason. You're yeah, still the one they prefer why. to be with. <laughs> And you know, I, I can't get them to run away, Glenn. They as, won't leave. As much too, uh, you know, it's interesting because Monty doesn't believe in giving you know treats to animals as as a training technique. But with dogs, I think all of them do. I think you have to. I think it's because it's different. That's it's what predator they're. Versus yeah, prey. they live to eat. So it's it's a. Di- well, I would say I have a pony that's probably a predator too. But that's a different story. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to give it <laughs> treats, Glenn. I, I, because of you, I want to say that after nine years, you've rubbed off a tiny little bit. I no longer give treats from the hand. Oh, well, thank God. He's not, you haven't, he's I not teaching him to bite him right now. That's in good. the bucket. Aren't you proud of me? I am. That's amazing. That's really big for you. It good is. Job, the only Glenn. deception to that is when Jemmy comes to visit, she insists that she has to give him treats on the hand. I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> when did this start? Because I have never witnessed anything other than you giving treats by the hand. That's only I'm when you're here. you out. Unless it started in the last, like, couple of weeks. It did. It did, actually. <laughs> Let's hear from Kentucky done. Performance Products. <laughs> I should have known. No words can describe the depth of the bond between a horse and his person. A kiss at the gate just before you turn him out. The soft touch of his muzzle on your hand as he scoops up the treat out of your palm. The warmth of his body under your legs as you saunter bareback across the pasture. The beat of his hooves as you gallop in perfect rhythm cross-country. The sensation of flying as you clear the oxer. The sense of peace that comes over you as you walk together down the quiet trail. The sound of him contently eating his dinner. The feel of his warm, soft coat under your hand. The feeling you get when it's just you and your horse. 
It's why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Equijewel. Fight back against an energy crisis that can impact condition and performance. Equijewel is a high-fat, low-starch and sugar formula that was developed to safely meet the energy needs of your horse. The horse that matters to you matters to us. And I got to have dinner with Karen from Kentucky Performance Products the other day, and she said that uh, everything's going well, the company's growing like crazy, and her products are doing really well. So if you've never looked at them before, head over to kppusa.com. And she, of course, is the title sponsor for your new show, which we're going to get rolling next week. So I'm, I'm so excited. excited. Yes. Retired Racehorse Radio is on its way. And I just uh, got confirmation from New Vocations that they're in and they're going to be a media partner as well. And they're going to be, you're at the end of every episode, you're going to be, remember how we used to have them on years ago for longtime listeners of this show. They used to come on and do an adoptable horse every uh, they used to come on like once a month. Well, they're yeah. going to be on your every episode. There'll be adoptable horse that you're going to talk about at the end of every episode, which I think is perfect for that show. So. No, it's not perfect. <laughs> and I'll tell you why is because I started looking for him yesterday and I'm like, oh my God, how much to ship that horse to Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, like, the thing is, I think you're safe. It's way too far. Oh man, it was worth it though. It's worth driving out there. I got to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't have that segment. Oh, I'm going to have to fight it. All right, I'm adding your next guest in here. Okay, let's get her on. We are going to talk to Joe Lowe's, Joanna Lowe's, and she is from Wales. And Joanna and I met many, many years ago when we both signed up and took the Gentling Wild Horses course at Flag is Up Farms in, I think it was 2015. And uh, when you meet somebody like Joe, you're just instantly friends with her she she just doesn't know a stranger and she's just a really a lot of fun she has since gone on to become a certified monty roberts instructor in wales and is also monty's personal assistant so uh when you see monty traveling around she's the one that manages she's the one that drives him everywhere she's the one that does everything for him and she also is the one who gets on the horses the first time uh, with all these crazy horses in the demos that he does. She has ridden in front of the queen of England and she's also ridden in the great hall at the Spanish riding school. Your uh, list, your resume has gotten very big, Joe. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Glenn. Thank you for having me. I got to ask a question before you start. Is it harder keeping track and Monty on track or riding the horses for the first time? Oh, definitely keeping Monty on track. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you've done it for a long time and you've done a great job. And so uh, for some thank reason, you. And thank yeah, you so much for that lovely introduction. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you're just one of my favorite people in the world. If you guys recall, remember when I took Zeus, I took Zeus, I took magic. And uh, when I was in California and we took another horse to the beach uh, in California and I, and I posted about it and I was riding Zeus. Denise was riding little precious magic Alp Jennings. And we had a girl who was on a wild as barely, barely started <laughs> Mustang who we took to the beach. That was Joe and her boyfriend, Diego. <laughs> um, Joe, oh, little Diego. <laughs> let's let's talk about first of all uh, your th- some of the things uh, I wanted to talk to you about this before anyway, and then we'll get to Diego. Is what does it mean to you to be a certified instructor and to be kind of have that title? And 
why did you do it and why would you recommend it for people? Oh my gosh. Well, it probably started when I was about 13, I think I was, when I read Monty Roberts's book. And something from that just stayed with me throughout my teenage years. And I wanted to learn so much more about the behavior and the training of horses. So that when I picked up a little rescue case, a horse that was on his last legs, he was three years old, but too weak to ride. And I thought, well, I'm going to experiment with some of this groundwork stuff and some of the join up. And I went back to Monty's books. I watched him online and I just got thrilled by the thought of being able to communicate with with the horses. And then it was much later on that I went on a couple of courses with Kelly Marks in the UK, who was one of Monty's. He was she was his first ever certified instructor. And then from there, I went on to volunteer at some of Monty's demos when he came over to the UK. And just watching those, it was incredible. And I remember watching his UK rider, Jake, and feeling so jealous because I was thinking, oh, I want to be that person that gets on those horses. And I, I quite cheekily said to Monty once, you know, you know, if, if Jake doesn't want to ride tonight or if he's too scared, I'll do it for you. And he was, <laughs> oh, he was so good about it. Yeah, quieten down, silly girl. Thank you very much. Okay. And then a year and a half later, I am the one getting on those crazy horses and I absolutely love it. And so getting the certification meant something to you, uh, obviously, because it, you now have learned all of that language, but you're also helping other people. I'd love to say I've learned all of the language, but I think when it comes to horse training, it's an ongoing game and it's constantly evolving. Um, I'd love to try and catch up with Monty, but my gosh, he's he's done so much incredible stuff in his 80 years. But getting that qualification, it meant so much to me just because it's, you know, it's proof. It's on paper. I've got this little certificate. And I don't know if it was the same for you, Jamie, when when you got your certificate, that all that hard work has finally paid off and you can then go forward and help as many horses and as many other owners as you possibly can. Gosh, you nailed it. That's exactly what that that means when you stand there with your certificate. Now, one of the horses that you have gone on to help is oh, let me back up. Remember, um, when I was at flag is up last month, Glenn, and, and there was a horse that we couldn't catch an uncatchable horse. And Monty and I were interviewed on Debbie's show, horsemanship radio, talking about getting this horse to come and be caught. And we spent a lot of time. That was this horse named Diego. And probably the easiest thing that I did to catch Diego was I was like, hello, boy, come here, boy, come on, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, it's not what I sound like. <laughs> no, you sound tricky. much better than that. I'm going to say. Oh, I love you, Diego. <laughs> and I swear to God, the horse was like, is she here? <laughs> so talk oh, to us. So nice to hear. <laughs> talk to us about Diego, because this is becoming a very big life challenge for you in many ways. So let's talk to us about meeting Diego. Oh my gosh. Uh, so it would have, it was about this time last year, actually. Um, I went over to Montes in California. Um, I'd already heard a little bit about Diego because he had some videos on the online uni. And of course, Monty talked about him so much. This little guy with, he came with such a label of being um, explosive and wild and dangerous. Monty says it's the most dangerous Mustang he's ever had on his place. And for him to say that, you know, that's, that's pretty special. But it was love at first sight, Jamie. I don't want to sound soppy, and I'm sure it does, but I just felt you must know what it's like when you fall in love with a horse. 
I uh, I think we all No, do, not Jamie. That's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> a mustang and of course i went over there and i met little diego and i thought oh my gosh this is such a special little guy and around about the same time i'd seen a video on facebook of some girl somewhere i'm not sure where possibly germany and she stands on these two oil drums you know barrels and these barrels are about a meter apart and she's standing with one leg on each and she makes some sort of a cue and her horse who's standing off, off in front, he reverses underneath her in between the two barrels so she can just sit down and ride off. I went, Monty, I've, I've never seen this before. I want to teach this to a horse. Monty said, no way are you doing that here. If anyone tries to copy you, there's going to be accidents and, you know, no, you can't do it. And I said, what's more, Monty, I think I should do it with Diego. <laughs> and he said, hell no. Oh, my gosh. So he thought I was crazy, but I was determined. And so I had to make a deal with Monty that he would come and watch my training sessions. And if there was any point he thought that things were getting a bit too dangerous, he could call stop and I had to stop. So that was the deal. And we went ahead. Uh, I remember, first of all, Monty went and found some oil drums, some barrels for me. And I couldn't get Diego within 20 feet of them. So I knew I had a bit of a challenge, um, but we worked on it gradually, day by day, and we got him in between the barrels. I had to try and make the barrels a safe place for him so that he, he was quite claustrophobic being wild. He didn't want to be somewhere small. So anytime he was between those barrels, he got a nice rub and a scratch and told just how wonderful he was. And then I was able to start teaching him to walk backwards. Then I had to teach him to walk backwards with me near the barrels. Then Monty held his hand up and said, whoa, you're going to stop here. You are not standing on those barrels when that horse reverses towards you, because if he kicks them, you're going to end up in the neighbor's property. <laughs> said, okay, okay, Monty, what should we do? So off Monty goes. You wouldn't believe this. He went off to Walmart or Albertsons or some supermarket somewhere. And he comes back with a five foot stuffed monkey. And he says, this is going to be the first rider that drops onto barrel, or drops onto Diego from the barrels. I said, OK, right, we'll do it this way. But that monkey was terrifying. Then I had to desensitize Diego to the monkey because he just wanted to bolt away from the thing. Well, no so kidding. We Whoever sees a five foot stuffed monkey? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I don't even think you can buy those at Walmart. I don't know where he went for that. Oh, no idea either. Maybe Monty doesn't even know. But all I know is he turned up with this big, huge monkey. And I think he's named him Curtis. <laughs> so Curtis was the first rider to drop onto Diego from the barrels and you know it's just to get him used to the idea of something being above him and landing in the saddle so that when I go to do it he's not going to try and kill me so then eventually I was able to start standing on the barrels and we'd send him backwards and I used the cue you know plucking for his cue to walk backwards and I realized later I'd made a mistake with this because I went to get him out of his pen and I clipped the lead rope onto his head collar I said come on Diego let's go and I clucked and he took a step backwards oh gosh so I'm gonna have to turn this around a little bit and it was actually Debbie Monty's daughter who had the wonderful idea of well why don't we change the cue to the sound of a truck reversing and that'll be his cue to reverse backwards underneath you so you can sit down and ride off and do you know what it worked Beep, beep. Oh, that. Beep, yeah. Oh, okay. Beep, beep. <laughs> so I would stand, I'd run, I'd stand up on these big two big barrels, one foot on each, and I'd play the sound on my phone of a truck reversing. And Diego would, wherever he was in the round pen, he would reverse, put himself in between the two barrels. I'd sit down, and then we could just ride away. 
And I made a little video of that and put it on Facebook. And I think it went to about half a million views on my page, but then got <laughs> freebooted. So downloaded and re-uploaded um, by some other sites where it went to over 2 million views. And then even the Horse and Hound magazine in the UK picked up on it. And I did a little interview with them. He might even be the first little Mustang that's had his photo in the Horse and Hound magazine, which I think is quite an accolade. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I mean, he's he's... He, he's gone from okay so diego actually to back up was supposed to be in the gentling wild horses course i think in 2017 but he was too wild for even students to work on so that's, that's when right. monty started working with him i actually saw one of the interns you know when you're when you're starting a horse and and especially explosive ones he has that dummy rider and he'll attach legs to the dummy rider. And I saw this girl and bless her heart walk up to, it was a Monty special training, walk up with the leg to clip on to Diego's side and boom, Diego just kicked her <laughs> to Texas. Okay. So, I mean, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Poor little thing. And of course she was like, you know, 85 pounds wet. So <laughs> she flew somewhere anyway. So Diego has been very, very, very difficult and even proving so with in the last few months he has, because he Monty's been traveling and really nobody can deal with him except for Joe or Monty. Diego's been out in a field being a babysitter for baby racehorses. And so then they wanted to bring him in and start doing stuff with him and then nobody could catch him. So then Monty and I went to what we went through to catch him. Now, this is a horse that is not for everybody. I mean, he is, he's explosive. He's dangerous. He is as wild a Mustang as you can have. And uh, on a scale of zero to 10 in wild Mustangs, he's a 10. But for some reason, this crazy person on the phone loves him. <laughs> like wants him. So tell everybody what Monty just did. Oh my gosh. So he's offered him to me and I couldn't believe it. He said that I could adopt Diego and bring him over to Wales so that we can carry on this journey. And it meant so much to me because Monty, he's, he's talked about it quite a lot. And he says that he saw the magic starting to happen and he saw the bond that we were starting to build. And he says he's never seen anything like it. And it's true, I totally did fall in love with this little horse. So now I'm on a mission to bring him to the UK. It's, it, that's not something that Monty would do typically for just anybody is to let this super wild horse go to his assistant or, you know, <laughs> especially it's like you're kind of important, but he's allowed you to buy him. And so kind of in the world of getting horses to the right person at the right time, this is the right place in the right time. And so it cost of tell everybody how much it cost to get a Mustang from flag is up farms to Wales or any. Oh gosh. So uh, the cheapest flights I can get are around about $7,000 on top of that. I have his quarantine fees, which come in at $60 a day for 30 days. Um, and then he's got a clearance fee when he arrives in Europe of 800 euros. So I'm probably looking in pounds, about eight and a half thousand pounds, probably just over $10,000, maybe 12. I'm not sure. Yeah. 10 to $12,000. Now he's going to be the most expensive horse I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> ever owned. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, 
you've you've done a lot of work with them, and I really feel like uh, you know there's a lot of people that do GoFundMe's and everything like that, and I. I, uh, you know, I'll give some money here and there, but I certainly don't bring him on the show to talk about him. But I think this is such an important thing for this horse and for you and, you know, for the life of the horse, actually, it's not, it's not even you. I just know that this horse needs a job and a life and he's got such potential. And I feel like you're the person who's going to bring that potential out in this horse. So I donated a hundred dollars, which is only like 80 pounds. Sorry. That's amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, I just, I wanted people to, if, if, if you have some spare cash and you want to throw it into to, uh, p- p- putting the first American Mustang in Wales, hello, like that doesn't happen. Uh, it, you, you said it's really, I think like what you what said you? is well, it's a le- it's a legalized begging and it's highly cheeky to ask <laughs> for money. To- well, I just, uh, <laughs> the horse radio network just donated $50 to get him over there. Oh my gosh. So Thank I just you did that. So much. That's well, amazing. what do you want to do with him though? Once he's over there, everything, <laughs> this little horse. Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm quite lucky working with Monty. I might work with several hundreds of horses throughout the year, all different shapes and sizes all around the world. And every now and then, there's one that you just click with. And for me, Diego, I mean, it's true, it's real, it's there. We clicked. I feel like he's adopted me in a way. And if he does, if I do manage to bring him over to the UK, I plan on, if I can, treading new ground where horse training is concerned. He's got such an incredible little brain on him. The the speed at which he learned that last silly wacky trick that I decided I was going to teach him and every step of the junction he just went yeah okay I can do that as long as you're clear and you give him the right aid and you give him a lovely reward when he gets it right he just goes yeah sure I can do that no problem I think this little horse could be doing dressage at Liberty I think I'm going to be riding him this is my plans now so it may not happen but my plan is to be riding him with no saddle and no bridle doing little dressage tests I think he could learn to lie down to do a nice little Spanish walk. I mean, I'm so open to ideas because I'm learning how to train horses. He's learning how to be trained and he's teaching me how to be a horse trainer all at the same time. Just yeah. one, one other question, Jamie, sorry to interrupt. Does, um, does the Mustang over in U- UK have a mystique? Do they know what Mustangs are and do they have a mystique? We don't really know. I'm speaking on behalf of the whole of the UK. Okay, good. Really yeah. I was asking for that. <laughs> we don't have wild horses here. We do have some feral horses, which are barely touched. We've got, you know, the Exmoors and some ponies down in the New Forest, which are feral, but there's no actual wild horses here. Um, so if you were to mention a Mustang, even to probably a fairly average horsey person in the UK, they think you're talking about a Ford Mustang. Mm. That happens here too. That's no different here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's perfectly same. <laughs> well, uh, Jamie, we gotta well, let's let's uh, say this: the GoFundMe. Let's post that on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page so everybody can find it, and we'll post it in our auditor room as well. And then um, we also have to get to some tips, right? Yeah, so I'm not going to let Joe just come on and plug her GoFundMe to get herself <laughs> a horse. I'm going to make her work for it. So being that she's a certified instructor, I am going to make her do a tip as no. well, a training tip. So uh, we will do that. Glenn, do a commercial you need to play or anything? Nope, we're good. I'm just going to post a, while you're doing the tips, I'll post the GoFundMe on our pages. Okay, so do, do you did you pick one out that you want to do? I sent her a bunch of them. Yeah, I think you had a question about a horse that was spooky out on the trail rides. 
Yes. Okay. Um, let me see whose that one was. Let me see here. I can't find it. I'll find it while you're doing it. So basically, I think the problem was there was a horse out on the trail that is spooky and wants to bolt because he's so tense and so nervous. Is that the one you wanted to do? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Okay. Right. Well, what the hell do you do? <laughs> okay, so, I found it. When your horse <laughs> when your horse is spooky on the trail and wavering between bolting and freezing, what do you do? The horse is 17-1. Um, and she says that on the it's a, a warm blood cross mare I'm riding. I ask her to move her feet and she just revs her motor so a bolting response becomes more likely. If I let her stand and have a look while I reassure her, it doesn't seem to matter. She still wants to bolt. Mind you, she never has bolted, but I feel like I'm riding a rocket that's about to launch. My solution so far has been to get off and hand walk her through it, but she's difficult to remount at 17-1. <laughs> yeah, so spookiness within horses is a very common problem, as you know, Jamie. My first tip for this lady, it's hard to say without seeing the two of them together, but first of all, I would say go back to the school or an arena or some nice enclosed space and do some groundwork. If you can do a join-up, this is a brilliant way of letting the horse know that you are a safe place to be and building a bond based on trust. And you can also start on some desensitization. This is where you can get really creative. You Like Monty, he will use tarpaulins on the floor, shopping bags on the end of a stick, and incrementally introduced to the horse in such a way that the horse can get used to it and then they're not scary. Obviously, there's no way we can desensitize our horses to absolutely everything out there in the world. But what we do want to do is alter their initial reaction from panic or fleeing to looking to the rider as a mentor and saying, hey, mum, what should I do? And this can be achieved through consistency and being fair and good timing of pressure and release. And then when this lady is out on the trail ride, if she starts to feel her horse beginning to tense at something which is scary, it's really important for her to remain as relaxed as possible and remember to breathe. Um, if you see something that you think your horse is going to be scared of, or if you're worried about your horse bolting, it's quite likely that she's transmitting these fears down to the horse who is then looking around for the scary thing. If she'd be able to go out riding with a buddy, um, a companion can always help reduce that fear factor. But always remember that the confidence goes from the rider to the horse. Um, what she says she's doing with getting off and leading past the scary thing, this is much more preferable to getting into an argument with your horse, getting a whip out and starting to kick like crazy. You don't need that. So if you're safe to get off and lead past, that's absolutely fine. And while you're there, if you can stop next to the scary thing, and just take a big, deep breath and relax and give your horse a lovely reward and a scratch on the withers when you're close to that scary thing. Hopefully you'll be able to reduce how scary the horse perceives it. Um, is there anything else there? Yeah. And if again, if she's able to ride up to these scary things as well and just sit and relax and give the horse a lovely reward while he's there. And then don't just ride straight off past or trot away from it. Come back again. Ride up close to it. Ride away. Ride up close to the scary thing and ride away. It's all about introducing these things as gradually and incrementally as we possibly can. Um, she also says about her horse freezing while she's out riding. Um, this may be the same as what we call in the UK as napping or 
or bulking when the horse just stops. And this sounds like to me, the go button needs reinstalling. And by the go button, I mean your aids to go forward for the horse. So if you're able to squeeze and kick your horse and you don't get that response, then you're going to need to go back to the school and reinstall your go button. So it's really important that when your horse stops, you give that request to go forward and you actually get a response. Monty has a brilliant tool for this. It's called the, the giddy up rope. And it's just a soft white rope that you'll hold in your hand while you're riding. And if your horse refuses to listen when you give a little squeeze with your heels, you can wiggle this white rope or flop it about from side to side. And the horse will see something moving behind it and in in instinctively take a step forward, which is where you can then reward your horse and, like I say, reinstall that go button. Gosh, you're good. I quit. You're you're in. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, we need her to do the tips. So, ja Jamie, you're out of a job. I'm hiring her I now. I know. Her, her accent is way I better know. than It mine. is way better, actually. Yes. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. So, that's exactly what I would have said. It's like we learned from the same person or something. That's weird. Um, so, uh, Chelsea had one, too. And you can add to this one as well. And she says her horse is herd and barn sour. He has excelled a lot. Uh, at a lot of the Monty Roberts stuff we have been applying, but when I go out for a solo hack, he panics. It's not great on cross country schooling either. Okay, so a horse. Right, this that, is the most common one, probably, that we get. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Barn sour, herd bound, all of these things. Like, I feel. Groot, let me take baby Groot here, for example, my little three year old, now four year old racehorse. That horse knows no matter where in the world we are, where the barn is. And if I were to drop the reins when I first got him, he would, he would just turn and run back to the barn. Um, and, and, and to where he did violently <laughs> attempt to lavad his way back to the barn or Capriol his way back to the barn. Um, so, uh, a horse that's herd bound with Glenn, when, when people are done riding their horse, where do they go? But they put him back in the field. They go back. They go back to the barn. You go back to the barn. Yeah, ride back to the barn. Yeah. Then they they get off their horse yep. and they untack him and they give him a scratch or loosen the girth, roll up the stirrups, give him a scratch, take him in the barn, take untack him, put him in the stall and give him some food. So the horse is like, man, the barn is the place to be. I don't want to be anywhere else except the barn. So you have to get a little creative, and this is what I've had to do with Baby Groot. Every time I finish riding him. I'm done with him. I take him somewhere else. I go to the very, I've gone to the very back of the 20 acres and dismounted in the back left corner, then the back right corner, and then all the way down the bottom of the hill and up top of the hill. And I never get off in the same spot to just make him realize that the, the ride can end anywhere. You know, mm. don't, don't hate being anywhere. And you kind of reset their brain to think the barn is not the place where it ends, you know, so you want to do that a little bit, mix that up, mix the places that you want to get off and on. The other thing I would do with the herd bound and barn sour is, you know, you've got a horse that you've probably never taught to, to trail ride. You know, you just get on and you go, well, this horse doesn't, doesn't know all of this. So, I mean, I would take a moment and use what Joe was just describing as approach and retreat. And when I get a horse and I want to take them on a, on a hack, I go a hundred feet and then I walk back 
and then I go turn around and go 120 feet and you find that comfort level. And then you go to where they're like getting tense and you ride back to the barn and then you go out again and you go a little further. Also, the best thing that you can have to train a horse like that is a really nice, good, quiet gelding who can go with you and you can leave and come back. So gelding goes from point A to point B. Like you say, you're good doing a mile square. The gelding just walks and you go there and forward and you go out ahead of it and you come back to it and you go behind it and you come back to it. And then you're teaching your horse to leave its comfort zone a little bit more. It takes a good friend with a good, quiet gelding, um, to do that. And you just have to do the, do the homework. Don't expect your horse to know exactly what you're doing. I think one of the, this was a question by a lot of listeners, which is why I'm being kind of broad, um, one, I think it was Rachel who posted, somebody said, what do you do if your horse is like this? And Rachel wrote, I don't hack. I don't go on trail rides. And I'm like, no, you can do it. You just well, have to teach solution, them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the ideal one. <laughs> not the fun one. So just find their comfort zone and start to expand it and broaden it. But don't make it like this hammered forward, like, girl, you got to go. And we're going to make it a torturous event. Find a good gelding. Trot circles around the gelding. You know, leave it and come back. Why do I say gelding? Because mares tend to have a pretty good personal space bubble geldings don't they don't care <laughs> so you can ride up on them ride around them uh what else would you say for a barn sour horse that doesn't want to trail ride by itself is that for me yeah no i'm oh, not amazing. asking glenn <laughs> <laughs> i think you've pretty much nailed it there jamie some really good answers um i would say about going out with this other gelding is that again you want to be able to push your horse out of his comfort zone very very quietly and gently so going out hacking with this gelding and then you could trot off for 100 or 200 meters in one direction come back and meet him just so as it's not one big huge you know hour or two hours away from the barn away from his friends because we always talk about herd bound horses as if that's a problem but it's the way they are their horses they they're meant to be living in herds so it is very worrying for them to suddenly be on their own with a human on their back and there's none of their own species around so again things like join up can really help improve the trust between you and your horse so if you are able to do some join up and some trust building exercises that can all help as well it's funny. I described join up uh, a couple uh, tips ago and it's the first thing you should do. So I forget to even mention it because I've said like, do that first. That's the first thing, because then your horse knows that you speak their language and that they can trust you. They've chosen to trust you. And, and, and there's a reason we do clinics where join up is three or four days long because it really, there's a lot of nuances to learn how to do it and understand it. Join Monty Roberts university. And I'm going to be, going around the U.S. doing some join-up clinics. So you know what? You just got to be patient. I need some college kid to learn how to farm sit for me before I can leave. Well, let's get your farm <laughs> built first. Jamie, let me know. Yeah, we're still know, building right? here. So let's get your as farm done. As soon as done. it's built, I can go solicit a college student to trade board out for farm sitting. Yeah, right <laughs> now they're looking at it going, oh, I don't want to go there. So That's a mud pit. Lucas yeah. ready to do that yet? Lucas so, won't be too long, surely. Oh God, he's five. It's going to take forever. <laughs> got to be sooner than that. <laughs> I think you can train him. Well, uh, <laughs> I did. Po I just posted Joanna. I just did post uh, on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page and also on the auditor page the link to the GoFundMe. Thank you so much for joining us today. But you have one other job to do. All right, <laughs> you're not done yet. You have one other thing uh -huh. you must do. And uh, let me play this first. 
Pay it. I'll say, pay attention. If you ain't met one by now, you're bound to sooner or later. He says one thing and he means another, but hey, he can't help it. He's a horse trader. Horse trading. Well, it's a laissez-faire. Let the buyer beware. You didn't know you'd be on the whole show, did you? The devil holds down lie with a sincere stare. Horse trading. Well, if the talking in circles and the deal ain't square, he's a master in the fight. It's time for Really Bad Ads. We do it every Friday where we read some really crappy ads for horses for sale, usually, or trailers or whatever farm implement there is, and we'd have a little fun with them. Well, every month we give away prizes to people who submitted, and Joanna, you're going to help us give away the prizes. (laughs) Right, okay. Okay. So the first prize we had this month was a box of crap out of my closet. It was a (laughs) flea-ridden box of crap because we were fighting fleas last month. And uh, so this is stuff that I've gathered usually from shows or people send me that I don't want, and I give it to you. So And it's a coveted thing. People actually want this, Joe. They really want the box of crap. You're kidding me. No, they do. (laughs) Okay. You get up to some strange things over there. In yes, America. we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> so you're going to pick the winner. You're going to pick a number between 1 and 232. 195. 195 on the spreadsheet. Shows our friend Bo Meyer wins out of Texas. Bo gets a box of crap. I can't think of anybody <laughs> that's going to appreciate it more than her. So and here's the thing, Mo. Uh, you, now that you have the box of crap and Joe picked it and you got it, you have to donate to her GoFundMe. That's right. That's right. And Joe, <laughs> I highly recommend before you open the box of crap to get the flea spray and spray immediately when you open, open the box of crap. Open it outside. Yes. Open it outside. Outside. probably a good idea, actually. Uh, Sorry, Mo. <laughs> then we also have a book. It's the, it's, say the word for me there, Jamie. Kinesiology. Kinesiology. Kinesiology Taping for Horses. The Complete Guide to Taping for Equine Health, Fitness, and Performance. Written by blah, 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 blah. Name I cannot say at all. So uh, this is a, it's a cool little book. I have it in my hand. And we're going to give it out again between 1 and, what did I say, 232? This time we will go for number 67. 67. 67 is Jenny Brubaker wins. So congratulations, Jenny. We'll get the book out to you. And you did a great job. Look at you. You're you're an accomplished radio host now. <laughs> Thank you. I was so nervous. This is my first ever time on radio. Well, look, it won't be your last, I hope. I've been oh, trying nice. to get her on the show for years, Glenn. <laughs> I like years. And not to mention the fact that, like... She's seriously an amazing trainer. If you donate to this, you're going to see her videos go viral and you're going to be like, I helped her get that horse. It's going to be amazing. And as, as point, as cool as she is and as amazing as she is at training horses and working with Monty, she is also the girl that almost got us kicked out of the Maverick saloon one night. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to tell everyone about that though. (laughs) All I was like, I, was I wasn't just... dancing with a guy in his nineties. Oh, oh. That, was... <laughs> no, that was Jamie. That was Jamie. <laughs> she didn't tell us pick... that story. We didn't I hear always it. pick the oldest man and ask him to dance. It's because dudes that go to the Maverick Saloon at like six p.m. are like ninety-five. Well, and, and they've been dancing. going to the Maverick for ninety years. Yeah, exactly. every day. <laughs> and Joe, almost the bouncers grab her and me, and I'm like, wait, 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 please, no, please, she's not from here. She doesn't understand. 
<laughs> She's not from They're like, here. if we see it again, you're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have to hear about that after the show. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Bye. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, she's delightful. Yes. She's she absolutely is. delightful. She did great. I know she was nervous. We even got her on be- in the pre-show meeting to try and calm her down a little bit. But she was great. Terrific. You wouldn't have known. She, she did good. And I hope uh, I hope she can get the horse over there. I really do. It probably will be the first Mustang in Wales. <laughs> it is. No, yeah. we've already looked. Like, this the first American Mustang in Wales. It just doesn't happen. And and if you see and you follow her, Joe, uh, Joe, I don't know if it's Joanna Lowe's, Monty Roberts Certified Instructor, you'll see yeah, this warm blood that she got who was unrideable. And she has been on the cover of, like, Horse and Hound with it because she gallops him through these moors in Wales. It, the scenery is amazing. And she c- carries a flag on this horse that was like unrideable. And it's just, a, she's really done some amazing things with horses that nobody wanted or would be put down or wouldn't have a job. So she is the right person for this, for this horse, for sure. Very cool. All right. You want to do some bad ads? Let's do it. All right. We are starting first with Liz. Liz, uh, it, this name is new. I don't remember this name. And she actually sent in one of her own. And by the way, if you do read your own and send them in, then you will get double the entries for the prizes. So, And I know Mo reads occasionally, so maybe that's what happened. So here is Liz. Good morning. This is Liz Toby with a really big... Okay, you're not going to hear this one, Jamie. So, um, I, I warned Jennifer about this, but apparently she missed this one. This is coming through one ear, which means you don't hear it, but the listeners will. So, Okay, uh, just, I'll be uh, back in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Good morning. This is Liz Toby with a really bad horse ad. In fact, it's the worst one I've ever seen. It's from Facebook, and it reads as follows. Meet blank. He's sweet. He's smart and he's for sale. Heart emoji. Put a bow on him and place him under your tree. Dot, dot, dot. Or better yet, in your barn. This ad is accompanied with a picture of a horse's head. No picture of his body. No price. No size information. No age. Nada. Have a great one. (laughs) Thank you, Liz. All right, you have another Liz, a different Liz. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lizzie sent this one in. Uh, was it funny, at least? Yes, was it, it was. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey mails in females trade or cash, $250 in Adkins. And I'm just going to assume that if you're trading mails in females or cash and you're in Adkins, you're somewhere Southern. So... <laughs> it's probably in Oklahoma. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, I was just going to say, you're in a state that this is going to be in. Oh, I'm tune in, by the way, Monday, because we'll have another segment of things I've heard in Oklahoma. <laughs> they just keep coming. I have donkey females and males, 200 in, 250 each paint females, 250. Each mini donkeys, 350 females in, males, a capped. Trade for pigs, goat, sheep, horse, pony. (laughs) (laughs) For 30 hens, calves, three months old, calf, four. Months, send me pics. What? You have her cash money, donkeys. Good for sneaks in coyote. Thank you for you. Time call me or text me different prices. I have 11. 
Call me. <laughs> I have 11 what? What? I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't even know what's for sale. <laughs> I don't know, and I'm very confused. <laughs> and if she wants to get rid of dress. all these animals, why does she want more? Apparently she's trading out the uh, mini donkeys for pigs and goats. And sheep and horses. A-capped trade for pigs, goats. Sheep, horse, pony. <laughs> <laughs> a pig, goat, sheep, horse, pony. <laughs> Lulu, sent, Lulu sent the sec, the next one in. <laughs> I can't even say her name. And she writes, just try and read this one as written. I dare you. Okay, well, I'll give it a try. Two TWH geldings. 14, yo. Palomino registered TWH 14, comma, 5, huh. Yeah, huh. H-U-H. Huh. 16, yo, red Roman registered TWH, 17HH, quote. <laughs> end quote. <laughs> end quote. Yeah, that's right. There was no beginning quote. It was just an end quote. And what about huh? What does huh exactly mean? And by the way, you spell registered right, but you spell Palomino wrong. Come on. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, it caught, the spell checker caught registered. It didn't catch Yeah, Palomino. it didn't catch Palomino. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, in Angel sent this horse huh? for sale. Huh? 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 <laughs> horse for sale, six hundred dollars. He is a male. He is going to be three in May. He is short and can sometimes be a wild horse. <laughs> Text. <laughs> <laughs> that's a short but sweet okay? yeah that's short but sweet but honest he's wild he's crazy well, yeah just sometimes <laughs> he's short he's and he's crazy <laughs> that's probably a little tiny pony um wanda whose husband was on the horse husband's episode yesterday by the way oh i heard that was a good one yes it was a good one actually it was a lot of fun we did uh are, are we manly men and we well, there were four of us competing and Let's just say that Joseph and I did not win. I was going to say, how bad did you We lose? did pretty bad, actually. <laughs> we really sucked compared to Wanda's husband. Uh, <laughs> so from Northern Colorado Facebook ad, $500, a two-horse trailer in good condition, needs one tire, all metal, no rust, no damage to the floor. You a damn liar. <laughs> I see rust all over that thing. What is that brown stuff there? Right. What is the brown <laughs> stuff on the edges? I don't know. It kind of looks like rust to me. I'm pretty sure that's all rust. Thank Did you. they? By the way, this is one of those two-horse rounded front trailers that we have so often in really bad ads with the convertible top. Did they make all trailers without tops in the, in the day back in like the 60s? I don't know. This is from the 20s, so (laughs) there's that much rust, and they say no rust. I don't buy a horse from these people. It's lame. (laughs) All right. This is Robin's ad. If this comes through in one year, we're going to save it. I'll fix it for next week. Um, Sorry about that. Let me try. It is. I don't know what is wrong, what is up with that, but I don't want to play that one without... without without uh, you hearing it. So let me try exactly. Mo. Mo actually submitted one, the winner. So let's try her and see. Hey, this is... Nope, we're going to save these for next week. So okay, I'll, fix them. Uh, Come on. I need to make a note. I need to remind Jennifer that she needs to fix that. You uh, tell your wife what she needs to do and see what <laughs> happens to you. Beth sent the next one in. <laughs> you get yourself yeah, in I'm trouble. just going right on. Move on. You know what you need to do, Jennifer? It's like I have uh, 20 wives. Doing these shows and being with the Horse Radio Network, it's like I have 20 wives. It really do, do is. You know what? Do you know what? We have saved your marriage. Because you all treat me like crap. I don't know. It's just like I have 20 wives. 
You'd be divorced by now if we didn't tell you what to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Beth said this one in coming. Th- oh, there's no punctuation. Okay, let me get ready. Coming three-year-old Palomino Philly, she is bread eye. Bought her that way. I have no idea what she is bred to. She saddles lounges. I've sat on her. She loads and unloads. She does need a Coggins and I'll take money off so you can do so. <laughs> how much oh, money off? Because we really don't know how much this uh, Palomino Philly that's bred uh, costs. We need to we need to send a message and be like, man, if only you could tell us how much she costs and how much what she's bred to. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind how of scary getting a horse that's been out in fields with who knows what, and that's how she got bred and they don't know what she's bred to. I would like for you to it's like go a surprise. To the person you bought her from and tell them to geld that Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna end the show on one of those today. So Denise sent this one in. <laughs> this is an ad on uh, on Facebook. It's the Maine and New Hampshire buy, sell, and trade anything and everything. And I want to discuss this one with you because there's a question. There's a question that, that, I, that I had off of this one. It's a baking pan. Yep, a baking pan for $12. Like and it's a, a sheet cake pan. It's like a, a sheet cake pan, by the way, which is very worn out. It's, it needs to be thrown away. But, but you can buy one of these, by the way, for about 6 bucks. So I don't know how she plans to get 12 Baking pan. My ex left it behind. I don't bake. I don't want it. Take it, please. <laughs> for $12. Yes, exactly. For twice the cost of buying a new one. Now, the question is, did the ex leave her or did she leave the ex? My ex left it. Okay. The guy's um, name is Anthony and he oh, is in a her. wife beater. Oh, I didn't even beater. notice that. Shirt, tank she top, left him. Yeah, no problem. She yeah, she left him. <laughs> I had this the other way I around. I mean, like, look at his profile picture, and you can see who left who. Yes, she okay, I didn't even look at that. And got out of it. I'm not used to having a profile picture on these ads. I know, usually they block them out. Yeah. So them. Thank you, Denise. You answer our question by not blocking yes, it out. Yes, she left Anthony. Uh, okay. <laughs> and, and he hasn't eaten baked goods since. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, the next so. one, after you read it at the very end, I'm going to play the closer to the show because it is so appropriate. Okay, Spanish or Gal. Oh, yep. God. Yep. Here That's we go. That's very appropriate. This is Brad sent this in. Um, how many did we castrate today at Heart for Horses? This is a veterinary clinic that has posted this on Facebook. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it's East Valley Equine Practitioners. Oh, my God. They put a picture? Yeah, which we don't have because I think Jennifer thought it would totally gross me out. <laughs> yeah, you'd be toast. How many did we castrate today? This table of testicles will make these former stallions even better gallons. Uh, thank you we- to my wife for not posting the picture of the table of testicles. I'm I mad really- at you, Jen. I am mad at you for cropping that because I can see the table and I can see the blue piece of, like, you know, the surgical paper, but you've blacked out all the testicles, which would have made my day. This table of testicles will make these former stallions even better geldings. We can and highly recommend castrating anything with testicles, including, but not limited to, horses, burrows, bulls, noisy tomcats, your daughter's obnoxious boyfriend, that overly friendly neighbor dog that terrorizes your children, that creepy uncle you only see at family reunions, and anyone else? Of course, these recommendations are all in fun, but it serves as a reminder that we should spay and neuter our pets. Brad, you are my best friend. Thank you for sending this in. Yes.
have a weekend, everybody. Stay warm. <laughs> I'm so glad she didn't put the table with testicles. Oh, I'm going to ask for that picture. We're going to post it on Facebook.